Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Dig. Yo. Time for me to pack the bags, man. Time for me to pack the bags. Time to head up to, to the field of jeans, as you call it. Oh, okay. I thought she put you out. Uh, <laughs> not, yet, not yet. This is the this is the Believe in Forty Niners podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champ Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. No, she, we're actually traveling together to go like to the it. field of jeans, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully, we can bring a little inspiration to Santa Clara coming off that tough one uh, against the Falcons. Uh, last week, uh, but before we get up there, we got to be well rested. Ed, remind us how we can get some better sleep this week. Well, if you want to get some better sleep, uh, let's talk about sleep, man. Let's listen to these studies from Howard and John Hopkins. Uh, chronic sleep deprivation is shown to lead to depression. Don't want that. Diabetes, obesity, cardiovascular disease, and I didn't do it before. Didn't really think it was that big a deal but now that i'm doing it i understand that we need eight hours of sleep and one of the biggest problems is temperature so and it's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot so i want to tell you guys about the pod eight sleep the pod eight sleep it's a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve your optimal sleep fitness it was designed by leading sleep researchers after tracking over 43 million hours of sleep that's a long time that's a lot of sleepy people and it combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and your recovery. Uh, it basically automatically learns your sleep habits and it will adjust the temperatures automatically. That's what happens. So that means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm. Now you get to have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. So you get to sleep longer and deeper. So you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. So I'm telling you guys, try the pod for 100 nights and if you don't love it we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup i keep telling you guys for sean to show up i'll in show a truck, up in a truck in the U-Haul. It, if I got you don't you. like it i don't but i don't think that's going to happen so they've already sold out the first two batches they're going really fast so for a limited time you get 150 dollars off your purchase when you go to eightsleep.com slash pro that is e-i-g-h-t sleep.com slash pro Eightsleep.com slash pro. Get some good sleep. Very very imperative. Got to get some good rest before we head up to the field of jeans. And uh, obviously Christmas time coming up. Be a great gift for somebody or yourself. And, of course, you're not going to want to take it back because I don't know if you've ever seen me drive a U-Haul, but not a pretty sight. So you might want to <laughs> keep it keep it yourself. You got over three months to, to, to try it out. So that should be good. As for these 49ers, final home game of the regular season for the Niners. And um, they'll be taking on a familiar foe in, in the L.A. Rams. Of course, last time these two teams met, it was a 20-7 to win for the Niners back in October. And that was win number five of the season for uh, San Francisco. <laughs> um, seems like so long ago. And the, well, can, I, can I ask you, is, is this a trap game? Is this a trap game? <laughs> no, I had to listen to it all. Like, it was a trap game. Like, you know, is this a trap game now? Man, Are they going to overlook this one? That, that they they can't overlook this one. I, I absolutely like, not. This, just this, like they couldn't overlook the last one. Yeah, they couldn't. Oh they, my that, goodness. they couldn't over. They couldn't overlook that one either. They, this is not a trap game, um, because it, for one, it's the Rams, right? It's a it's a rivalry game. One. Oh, oh, and, but and, but you but you but you have but you got Seattle next week. That's more important. Yeah, but but this one, if if this one, if you don't take care of this one, the important there will be no importance of the next one, right? That didn't matter last week. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure out. I'm just trying to figure out how how everyone. What's the criteria for this for this so-called trap game that you speak of? Man, I heard a lot of. <laughs> I heard, I heard a lot of it last week. Same situation. Well. 
not exactly because I I think when when you look at the Falcons, I mean they had a losing record, right? And and they weren't they they they're not a playoff team. I think with with the the Rams, they are a playoff team. The Rams are a playoff team. Well, they're fighting for the playoff lives, so they ha- they haven't officially mathematically been eliminated. Hell, hell, eliminated Atlanta, yet. Atlanta, they're all fighting for their careers right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? A lot of guys were fighting for what? it. Definitely yes. looked like it. Look, look the part. Um, okay, I'll leave it alone. So last time these two, <laughs> last time these two teams faced off, it was it was a. It was a big win for the the, the Niners at the time, and, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of people viewed this Rams team a lot differently back then than they do now, of course. You know, obviously they were a lot closer to being defending NFC champions uh, than they are now, and, and somehow, some way, you know, that win became sort of a barometer for how good this Niners team is in the eyes of some. Oh, wow, they went to L.A., they, they beat the – they beat the Rams. They, yeah, you yeah. Know, and so people started to look at this team a, a little bit differently. It seems like the shoe is on the other foot a little bit now in a sense that um, people people know, they now recognize who this 49ers team is, and it's the Rams coming in, and they're, they're hungry, and they need a win. It's a must-win, really, for both of these teams um, in, in a sense that if – the Niners want to have any chance of having the number one seed, and if the Rams want to have any chance of even getting in the tournament. Um, so this Falcons defense came out last week with some things that, um, you know, you, you listen to some of the guys after the game or you read some of their, their some of the quotes, and they did some things that, that this Niners offensively didn't expect, right? They With the five-man front, some the Niners hadn't really seen all year. What are the chances we see something like that duplicated or replicated by Wade Phillips? Uh, well, it's a, it's a copycat league. Uh, that, that's part of it. That that much we understand. Uh, Wade's going to run a different defense, but he's, he's going to throw some of those things in there. There's no defensive scheme that, that has been run or can be run that Wade doesn't get. Uh, but you know, and I, and I said this in Atlanta. I'm not going to get too much in, into it, but when we were when we were breaking down the Atlanta game, Dan Quinn knows more about he mo- knows more about Kyle than anyone. Yeah, any anyone. You know, and I said it and I explained it before. He knows more about Kyle than anyone. So he was, of course, he was going to be able to show some things and do some things that was going to slow down the offense in some ways because of that inside knowledge. And we all know how important that is. If you know what a guy wants to do in certain situations and you have the personnel to do it. So that's the thing. Uh, what the Rams do, you're, you'll adjust it some, but you're not going to stop uh, letting um, Aaron Donald do what he does. You, you know what I mean? He's going to run his defense basically. Uh, and, and in some ways it worked effectively against the Niners that that first game didn't did stop they did some good things defensively I think they're going to stick to it but yes you will see some of the adjustments you won't see all of the adjustments because we know it's a short week you don't you don't have as much time and and I mean you you lose a day of work you lose some periods that you get to actually work on things there's some meeting time that you're gonna that you're gonna miss out on believe in 49ers podcast on the believe podcast network he is super bowl champion eric davis i'm rashawn haylock make sure you subscribe rate and review or hit that like button uh whatever the platform you're listening to us on we're located wherever you find podcasts wherever you find us wherever you're listening to us right now uh you can find us there all the time so make sure you hit that like button hit that subscribe button uh give us a a rating and a review uh kirk morrison who does the pregame for the los angeles rams on espn los angeles uh, he'll be joining us momentarily. Also, uh, we'll get to some of your tweets as well uh, in this podcast. Uh, you talked about it, Ed, just in, in a sense that it's a short week, right? Mm-hmm. That that combined with the fact that you were just just a bad taste left in your mouth after what happened on Sunday, um, could that be a a, a a a hindrance or a help? Uh, coming off such a tough loss like that and, and playing on a short week like this? Uh, you know, it's always a help to just get back out there and play. Um, you know, it's just as long as your body – it's not so short that your body doesn't have time to respond to it, you know. 
you're not going on the road, so there's no travel involved. So all the elements of a short week that can be in your favor are in your favor. Rams, Niners, must-win game really for, for each team. But a lot on the line in this one, obviously. And, and going back to your days, what, what, was there a time – I'm trying to think back. Was there a time when, when there was a lot on the line when you guys played them? I, I know they had some rough years. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, uh, well, you know, it, see, this—that's what I, you, you know me, and you know my philosophy. There's no such thing as a trap game. There's nothing about it. And, and you know, early when I was standing about Atlanta, and I was getting these tweets. They were like, like I remember back in '94 when you guys, after you played Dallas, you played the Rams, and you guys, and you know, and we had beaten the Rams uh, yeah, like right. five, I six years in a row. Yeah. Yeah, like five, six years in a row, we had beaten the Rams. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, we, I, we probably went six, eight years. The team went not losing to the Rams, um, but it, it was like you know, so your classic trap game. You always beat them, and all the like, yeah, and we beat them again. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I was and I was like, I don't get your point on the trap game. You know, you knew that it was coming. Uh, so every game had significance. There were times where you were. Early on, I, I remember my second year in the league, um, I actually missed that season. I, I got hurt the second game of the season. Um, I tell Merton Hanks all the time, um, I saved his career uh, because they thought I was done. I, I was li- literally told I wasn't going to play anymore. Oh, wow. they, they didn't rehab and get back because um, I lost my shoulder and the manner I lost it in. Um, but I told I told Merton, I was like, you know, I, I saved your career because Merton came in and he was my replacement at corner and they were going to run him out the league. <laughs> I, told him, I told him the best thing ever happened to you was me coming back playing corner and you moving to safety. Moving to safety. <laughs> Never would have been an all-pro. <laughs> I joke him about that all the time. Uh, but that that season, we were four and six. We were four and six, and and George Seifert never forget it. You know, at the nine at the nine o'clock meeting every day that we would have that you know with the head coach that at the nine o'clock every morning. He walked in and he said, "Men, we're four and six. If we lose another game, we have no shot at the playoffs." And he walked out. Mm-hmm. That was the meeting. So guess what? You know, every game matters. Every play matters. Every every film study matters. Every practice rep matters. Kirk Morrison coming up, but first this from my bookie. It's that time of the year, Christmas. Coming up quick as we're approaching the 25th, and our friends at MyBookie want to make your season special with 12 days of gifts. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sports books in the industry. And this holiday season, they're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of gifts. A brand new gift every single day so you can take your game to the next level. They kicked off this promotion on the 14th with a free parlay for the UFC, and they'll keep up the gift giving through the 25th. Free bets, free spins, futures, and more. While Santa has his, they've checked off their list. They've got a little something for everyone, and this is the promotion that you won't want to miss, especially with the NBA and NHL in full swing and all the college bowl games are right around the corner. It really is the holiday season and the best time of the year for sports betting. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you could ever ask for, MyBookie is here to make Christmas great again. Head over to MyBookie.ag right now and use our promo code BLV to get half off your initial deposit in free wagers. And that's just the start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during promotion week because there's going to be something new every day. And you're going to want to take advantage of these deals. So, sign up for my bookie with our code BLV and start winning today. Free money. And joining us now, former great linebacker in the NFL, played for the Oakland Raiders, Jags, Buffalo Bills. Right now, he currently does the pre and post for the Rams on ESPN LA in Los Angeles. And he's a part of Dub Nation, always town business with this man. None other than the great Kirk Morrison joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Kirk, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Oh, man, appreciate y'all having me, fellas. Appreciate it, man. Glad to jump on. All right, now, here we go. Right, we, Two games left. Week 16, uh, Niners and the Rams. Niners find themselves in a difficult situation in the sense that, you know, they gave up the number one spot last week after losing to Atlanta. Rams fighting for their playoff lives. They – 
went to Dallas and and just didn't show up. I think the plane must have left all of them back in in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> how, how hungry is this Rams team going to be coming into Levi Stadium on Saturday? Like, does does this team still have any more fight left in them, or have they resigned to the fact that playoffs are probably not happening this year? Well, I think any NFL team has got fight in them, no matter what. I think the Rams, they still got a shot. They still got an opportunity. Um, this is where Sean McVay has to do one of his best coaching jobs, right? Because you got guys who had Super Bowl aspirations again for 2019, but yet they have underachieved big time. So the next thing is for the head coach to make sure that guys understand that we still got a shot. They got an opportunity. Now it's a slim opportunity. They need Minnesota to lose twice and the Rams need to win twice. So obviously they got to go in and they got to beat the 49ers against a team that literally stole their lunch the first time that they played them in the L.A. Coliseum this season. So it's really not even a motivation um, of, you know, can they go in and win? It's about going in and taking them a victory. That's the only way you're going to beat the 49ers. You don't go in and hopefully win. you got to go in and take it the way this Niners team has been playing. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if they stole their lunch or if they just took their milk money. I think that's what it was. <laughs> they kind of just took the milk money the first time. Kurt, Kurt, you and I, we've had a conversation about about this uh, Rams team. Um, and right. I want to know how your feelings are towards them. I think there is a lack of philosophy that they're still trying to look at what they had last year and replicate it but I don't think the personnel is there to do it. Uh, what's your thoughts about what's wrong with the team? Uh, I think I'm, I'm very similar in that assessment, E.D. I really am, because I think that in the National Football League, each year you have to reinvent yourself. You are never going to be the same team that you were a year ago. Uh, teams got better, and I think case in point, um, the Rams just brought over what they did a year ago and expected to come back and be, you know, a, 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 a conference type contender, conference champion type, type contender. But yet, I don't think that they accounted for how good the NFC is, right? I mean, sitting right now currently with four teams at 11 and three, like yeah. in the NFC, that's four teams at 11 and three. That means that those teams got better and they got better in different areas. Where I look at the Rams and I'm saying, where did you get better at from last year to this year? Because obviously you didn't get better at running back. You got you're you're worse at running back than you were a year ago. Your wide receivers haven't been as impactful as they were last year because people are taking away the deep passes. You got rid of both your corners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that that's the only thing though, because I feel like defensively they are better. Like they got rid of guys who were a little bit older, veteran guys, not necessarily great in man-to-man coverage. Akeem Tlaib was not there anymore in that man-to-man. And we know Marcus Peters is a zone guy who wants to read and, and play off his instincts. So they got better with uh, Jalen Ramsey. They got better with Troy Hill, a little young firecracker who can go out there and just run around and cover you. And then they had uh, you know, a safety and Eric Weddle who keeps everybody lined up I just thought the defense was was fine, but offensively, they just to me was you never knew what you're going to get from week to week with the Rams, and I think it really started with that 49ers game in the Coliseum that really started to expose the deficiencies the Rams had offensively. Kirk Morrison joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Kirk, you talked about the running game a little bit. Todd Gurley is just a topic point um, all the time in the sense that. This is a guy with so much skill, so much talent, MVP-type uh, candidate the previous couple of seasons. But you look at what's going on with him this year, and it seemed like he just didn't look right at the beginning of the year. Now it seems like the workload is starting to pick up a little bit, but it may be too little too late. Um, how would you assess the way this season has gone for him? Mm, I would say this, and I don't know about you guys, but I, I have leased a car in, in my lifetime. And you remember when you start that lease? You remember that? You remember you, you remember when you get that lease, that brand new car? You like, oh man, this is all right, this is good. And you're rolling around, and year one come by, and you know you're driving it all around. Then all of a sudden, year two, you're doing it again. And if you got a three year lease, you got to watch the miles, right? You're like, uh oh, I can't go over the miles. 
And then once the car is the, the lease is up, you're like, man, whew, I'm done. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next thing. And I th- that's how I looked at Todd Gurley. It's been like a lease dick where you got a lot of mileage. You got a lot of it looked good in the first part of his career. Well, the first four years, we're in year five and almost to a point where I think Rams fans and I think the organization is almost like, hey, can we turn this car in? Can we get a new one? I mean, the lease is up on this one, honestly, because you can't tell me that you're paying this back, one of the, the you know wealthiest backs in the league in terms of contract, and yet you're on the, on a pitch count, yet you're saving him, yet mm-hmm. you're trying to fight in a playoff race, and yet he doesn't touch the football in the fourth quarter versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. But he has gone from being one of the top players in the league to now being seldom used. I mean, he only had six carries last week in the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Like, this is uh, this is something that the Rams have created, and I don't know how they get away from it because the running game is really what makes Sean McVay's offense go. And when they're not running the football effectively, this is what happens. They get embarrassed, and we saw that last week. And so is it Todd? Is it the offense? Is it McVay? I'm going to lean and say that Todd Gurley is not the same back that we saw the previous four seasons, and it has affected the Rams' offense. Uh, yeah, got to agree with you on that. It's it's kind of obvious if you just watch what they do and what they want to do. You know, Both of these offenses base what they do in their passing game off of their run. If you don't have that, it's going to affect everything else. The 49ers defense now, um, yeah. at, st- statistically, second in the league. Um, they've been able to to do some good things, keep them in games, make plays, had this big-time run. The last, what, four or five games haven't been getting the turnovers like they were early on. Right. This last game couldn't get the final stop when they needed. I, you know, Twitter is freaking out about it. I'm okay uh, with the defense where they are right now. Uh, and I think they'll be fine down the stretch. What do you see when you look at uh, the 49ers defense in this matchup coming up? Wow. Uh, ED, I, I see a couple things. Uh, number one is, uh, to be honest, when I look at that defense, I think a lot of guys are starting to go and drift over into the deep end, right? And when I say the deep end, the deep end of the pool, everything was great when you're in the shallow waters, right? When you got three, you three feet and four feet, and that water is, is right there around your chest level, you know, around your waist, and you're good. You're playing around. You're having fun. But I feel like this 49ers defense is now going into December where the water's got a little deeper. And now they got to start to tread a little bit. You got to start to play hurt. You got to start to play banged up. And this is where their depth has been tested. And now you're starting to see when a couple guys are going out, can you replace that production? And they have not done that. And when a Richard Sherman goes out of a football game, that's going to be tough because Sherm can really man down that left side. Like he's a left corner. That's yeah, what he does. Yeah. It's, you don't, it's, it's, you don't replace an all pro. That's that's the thing. You, about, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't replace yeah. it yet. No, you don't do that. So, but what happens is when he's out, that's where the communication comes in. Mm-hmm. And so what I'm seeing now, and, and for the 49ers, is that they got to communicate on the back end. And if I'm the Rams, the one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to line up in a bunch of tight bunches and uh, double stacks and force the 49ers to have to communicate um, on these levels routes. I mean, that's what Julio Jones was able to do. We all know last week uh, in a got to have a situation, you're going to go to Julio Jones. And I thought that, you know, Dirk Cutter, offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons, did a great job of moving Julio and realizing when they had man-to-man and then also realizing that when that corner went with Julio, okay, boom, they're not in zone. We're going to play man-to-man. And it was just a bunch of rub routes. And that's where the 49ers are, 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 are you know, with Mosley, Weatherspoon, those are young players, and they got to mm-hmm. be on different levels. And when you're not on different levels, that's how you're starting to get just a little bit of room and a window for the quarterback to get the ball through. And that's what I think the Rams are going to have to try to take advantage of because that's where the 49ers have been lacking over the last couple of weeks is not getting on the same level, I mean, getting on different levels and passing those things off. Okay, okay. I, I, like always, I disagree because I think they actually did a pretty good job <laughs> with doing that. But that's okay because even in, even in right. the motions when they were motioning across, if you look at the, if you look at it on the on the on the coach's tape, you'll see even when they were motioning across, they were still running rush zones. They were zoning things off. Right. Uh, that the last touchdown to Julio, it was a pick route. 
It was a pick route. It was a played, pick route. It was a pick played route. very well. Played and, um, mm-hmm. it was it was it was a pick route that they ran well, and even it was actually defended really well. I mean, there, right. you were right there the moment he caught the ball. Julio just freaking Julio, and he got that itch. But yeah. <laughs> that right there is also the rules. That's that's another thing. It's it's the way the rules are now. Um, it's just right. the way DBs tackle. They all go low. You go high, he doesn't get to the end zone. Uh, these Correct. guys are yeah. tra- guys are trained to go low. If you if you hit Julio high in that situation, you knock him back. They don't score. But that's another right. thing. Uh, I I see what you're saying um, about the about the communication. I actually think that they're okay with that, but. Um, again, that's why we got you on. So you can tell me <laughs> what, what you have to say, and I can tell you. Well, that, that. I, well, yeah. I, the one thing I do like is that they do have an advantage, though, right? Because now, with and we're, we'll figure this out. If the the health of Ty Gurley this week, I mean, if mm-hmm. the Rams are going to do anything, they got to just let Ty Gurley run to the wheels fall off this weekend. But I think Fred Warner, and I don't know, I mean, he should be in the Pro Bowl this year. And I think yeah. he's been the best middle linebacker in the NFC, maybe not even, maybe the whole entire NFL. When you watch what he's done, not just in the run game, but watching him guard tight ends and running backs, and he's going to have a big impact. If he can take away the Ty Gurley, the check down and the throw to the flat, that was really the only play the Rams had last week versus the Cowboys. And, and then, you know, the interception that Sean Lee had, that's something that Fred Warner can get into some of those throwing lanes and force Jared Goff to have to pull the ball down. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Warner. I, I was going to ask you about him, you being a guy that, that played the position. Um, he's really been dynamic this year. Like, I, like we saw him earlier this year be able to stay with Hollywood Brown on a crossing route. And then, as you mentioned, he, mm-hmm. he's able to, to, to stay with running backs in the passing game as well and then play the run uh, game as well. His versatility, can you, can you just kind of speak to his versatility and, and, and what he's been able to do, how, how that's been able to bolster his defense this year? Well, I think to me, he's even surprised me even more because, uh, you know, at BYU, he was really all over the field. You know, honestly, he reminds me of, of Kyle Van Noy a little bit, who plays with the Patriots, because when they were at BYU, they were just great players. And you can line them up on the ball, off the ball, in coverage, blitz them off the edge, and they would always be productive. So when he goes to the 49ers, and you knew it was going to take him about a year, then boom, he's just elevated his game to a point to where you can just, if I'm Robert Sala, I can do a lot more with him. I'm never going to take him out off the field. I think he can add him more into the rush a little bit, but you can't take that coverage away. And when Quan Alexander went down, I mean, he really even took on a bigger role in that defense. Yeah. A next level role because he was really kind of the spy guy, right? And then all of a sudden, Quan goes down, and now he became the cover linebacker, and then the Greenlaw, and then you know became the guy who was going after the backs. So that's where his just his showing his versatility right there um, has, has, has been fantastic. But then also too, he's been a short tackler. I mean, I very rarely have seen him miss a tackle this year. Like, honestly, when he tackles you, you go down. And it's not that it has to be a physical tackle. He's just there to make the play. And he plays with great technique. And that's what's really impressed me about watching him and his versatility this year. I want to ask both of you guys something about about that because we've seen some missed tackles. We've seen some missed tackles with, with the, the Niners over the last couple of weeks. I mean, we see it throughout the league now, right? We're in a league now where with the way the CBA is, guys don't really hit, guys don't really tackle, you know, during training camp. They don't really touch each other during the week. Like, uh, how, it doesn't matter. How can you mm-hmm. How can you stay sharp in that area if you're not doing it? Both of you. Kurt, you uh, want to start? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll start. I, I think there's there's a couple things. First of all, tackling is really all want to, right? Thank you. you. Know, to Thank me, you. like tackling, you got to want to tackle. You can't go in thinking I'm going to half, you know, half-ass a tackle. That's just, that. that's when you get beat up. Like, you have to want to. Like, you go in with a mindset of, I got to be the best tackler today. That's one thing. And I think number two is that not a lot of guys are able to play in space. And this is what the NFL is about, is getting the ball to playmakers in space. Because if you put them in space, they are saying that my guy can juke and out, uh, you know, and, and outmaneuver your guy and score a touchdown. But that's where certain players are just become special. Like for me, I'll be honest, I hated to be out there on that island, be out there in space. <laughs> it's a lot of hey, it's a lot of room, and you don't want to be on that sports and they're going da na na da na. I mean. I mean, I, I'm just thinking right now in my mind about the linebacker for the Buffalo Bills, Milano. He's literally in the hole, 
and yet Lamar Jackson shook him all the way out south out of Buffalo, shook him to Canada. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and, and then look, he had one too, but a lot of things is it's, it's really comes down to his athletic ability. And when you have the ability to put yourself and take the right and proper angles, you're always going to make the play, right? Even if you miss, miss to the inside to where, hey, I get a hand on him, I slow him up, I can bring him down. But it's really about one two angles. And then also knowing when your help is. That's where that's what tackling yeah. is always about. Yeah, yeah. So and you touched on the want to. That's the number one thing. Uh, so I'm, two things I'm going to throw in there. Number one, the league didn't just start having guys that didn't hit. Okay, I played for the right. 49ers. I played there six years. We didn't touch anyone. I, my goal during preseason, and I actually accomplished it one year. My goal during preseason, we had five preseason games. We had. Uh, like six weeks of practice, my goal was to not touch the ground, and I accomplished it. I didn't touch the ground <laughs> through an entire preseason, even playing games because we were only playing like 10 snaps. We never right. hit. We didn't even wear pads at practice. We never hit. And we had top defenses. I mean, top five defense, number one defense while I was there one time. We never tackled. Tackling is want to. You either want to get a grown man on the ground or you don't. So the league practice has nothing to do with it. Number two, the second part of that is understanding, as Kurt said, where are your people? Where are they? Tackling is a team concept. When the ball is thrown in the air, when the ball is thrown in the air, there are going to be individuals that it's your call and you have to make that play. And because, you know, what, I don't care how much I'm doing it. If I'm the right corner and they throw a deep ball on the left side, there's really nothing I can do about it. But when a guy is running, when a guy's running the ball, eleven people are responsible for getting him on the ground. So that's how I feel about it. Oh, Kurt, I'm right, throw you, okay, yeah, yeah Kurt, I'll, I'll I'll throw you on the spot right here, um, but, yeah. and just put you in put put the fire to your feet. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, McVay, right. um, they have both both been touted as the as the next wave of play callers. Uh, hell, if you wow. if you knew if you knew McVeigh, you got a job in the last <laughs> right, right. in the last twelve months. If you if you I mean right. if you had a cup of coffee with him, if you gave him a stick of gum, <laughs> you know if if he mm-hmm. followed you on Twitter, you got a job. Um, right right now, you know, when you have the coach of the year talks, we're talking about uh, you're, you're talking about Kyle Shanahan. He's one of the first names right. that's going to pop out. Uh, who's the better play caller? Wow, who's a better play caller? Um, I, I would always go with Kyle Shanahan on that one. Um, I believe that Kyle Shanahan is very um, creative. He's innovative. Um, if you if you dress, you're going to have a role in that offense. That's just the way uh, that Kyle Shanahan is. Everybody's going to be involved. Everybody's going to be out there on the field. And um, I think when you've got a guy like Kyle Hiescheck, to me, he's the team MVP every single year. The offense just runs differently when he's out there. Saw the game that he missed earlier, and the offense didn't look as great as Chris. But when he's out there, it gives them not only an extra blocker, gives Jimmy Garoppolo an outlet, it gives the team, I think, just a, a confidence. You know what I mean? That we are a physical run team, and so when, when Kyle is calling those types of plays, I think it gets guys excited too, right? Because they know that you never know when your number's going to be called and you never know when that exciting play is going to happen. I think with Sean McVay, it's a little bit different. I think Sean McVay, to me, has become too analytical, right? If the box is dirty, right? If if he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, too many guys in the box, uh, let's go and throw a smoke screen. And then when people ask you and say, well, why did you throw a screen on that play? Well, because there was too many men in the box and we just didn't want to run and that. To me, I think some of the parts of the NFL is knowing what the other opposing team is going to be in and still executing. That, to me, is more demoralizing than anything. I agree. I'm in an eight-man front, and we got everybody in the right place. And we still got five yards. Yeah. That that hurts me. That hurts me more than you throwing a smoke route, you know what I mean, to the outside because – we only because you got a two-on-two matchup. Like I will do that all day long and say that my guys will tackle all day long. You can get the eight, nine-yard gain at some point, but we feel like you're that. That's not a high percentage play, right? You can you can that that's fun, okay. But when you run it and we're executing like we're doing on defense, 
and then you come back and give me five, six yards. I'm like, all right, that's it. So that's what I think Shanahan does is he's very creative in making plays. And sometimes it's just we're just going to do what we do, right? This is who we are. This is our identity. And, you know, Jimmy's had a lot of criticism, I think, earlier in the year. And um, to me, I, I never really saw the criticism. The guy is just a winner. It may not be the numbers that people expect it to be, but the team is winning for a reason. And in their game that they've lost, it definitely has not been the fault of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just they didn't make the plays down the end. And that's my only concern for the 49ers of why I felt that this is a 12-4 and team. Throughout the whole season, I kept saying, man, they're 12-4. And you're like, well, how, why, why? You've been saying this all year. And I just said because they come down to this part. And, and Edie, it's funny because I was just thinking about that. I was watching it, actually. Um, the year that the Niners were, that you guys acquired Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. It was the year that you guys were already a good team. But yeah. it took that year. But then all of a sudden, he put you all over the top. And I'm saying that this year with the 49ers, it's that first year of what does this all feel like? What does the big football feel like? So I think it's similar with the 49er that it's hard to break through on that first year of success with a lot of guys who have not been around it. And it takes that one year to build that character unless you're able to just have an out-of-body or uh, an, an exceptional year, right? Some things have got to happen. Like Philadelphia, like Nick Foles went on a run that we had never seen before. That's to- Like you can't explain that like a couple years ago. Because I don't think that they were a breakthrough team. They were just a guy who was just playing out of his mind and they closed and they became a team of destiny. I feel like the 49ers are in that situation right now where they're kind of looking around and saying, okay, how do we get out of this? We know we're good. We know we can win. But how do we get over that hump? Like, how do we get over and get that number one seed? Because we know it's going to come down to what happens in week 17 between them and the Seattle Seahawks. But they got to take care of business versus the Rams. So they even have that opportunity. You know, I thought it's funny you say 12 and four. I thought the entire year, that's kind of the number I had in my head uh, because right. like, health 12 and four is a very good year. Uh, once, once they, because early, early on, after, after Cleveland, I was all in and I was like, okay, that that's where I could see them falling up. That may not be, that may not be enough. I, I was with you. You and I were doing, doing the Rams at the time when, when the, um, that first year, that first McVay year came, and I, right. I said, I remember when you and I were doing a show, and I said they screwed themselves up when they didn't get the first round by because of Correct. exactly what you just said. This is a club that needs to know what the next level of play is um, right. and what it's going to be like when the playoffs actually hit because they, they didn't understand, um, and it was a lot of hype that they were going through, and they didn't understand what that was like. Flipping this to the 49ers. The 49ers, I feel, will have an opportunity. And you tell me how you feel about this. I think the, I think the Baltimore game, no, it wasn't a preseason game, but it was that close one. I think the Saints right. game, being in a, that type game, that atmosphere. Um, I think right. this next, the next Seattle game, I think it will right. be the closest thing to a playoff atmosphere without it being a one and done something on the line hostile environment every tackle every Mm. catch every throw every read it will matter and i think that could be the catalyst to help them understand what the next level is going to be like win lose or draw that will propel them to be prepared for it do you think how how much how much value would you put into that i think it can help them and i think it will help them moving forward how much value do you put in that last game yeah i think i agree with you 100 percent. i agree with you more so because of um i think the rams remember they had already won and they rested themselves in Uh 17 against the 49ers remember that's when jimmy garoppolo went in there and just dismantled them, right? And then and everybody was like, whoa, remember Jimmy G was undefeated as a starter that year. And so the Rams really kind of they they didn't play the, the starters in week seventeen and they lost and they kind of treated like like a bye week. And then like you mentioned, that intensity got turned up. It went from zero all the way to a hundred, you know what I mean, the following week. Well I think like you mentioned, that is a good point. The 49ers are gonna play they're playing playoff football week 17 maybe you're right now i mean the game against the, the rams they got to win this one uh-huh. and then that week 17 matchup is literally a, a playoff game 
Like that atmosphere will be, and it's going to be on the road. So you get kind of the two for one, which actually could be the advantage for the 49ers because they're going to, they've already, they're in the playoffs. We know that they've made the playoffs. It's just about where they're playing at and are they playing at home or will they be on the road? But getting the taste of what it feels like in week 17 is only going to help them. Kirk Morrison joining us here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. Kirk, one thing for me before uh, before we let you go, um, we bring it back to this game. One thing that was glaring to me in, in the first meeting was how well uh, the, the Rams D was able to to uh, to, to shut down. Oh, I say shut down. Me and ED disagreed on this all year long, but they were really able to to control the running game of the 49ers. They ran for 100 first. yards. It was really 99, right. and it took 42 <laughs> carries. <laughs> so so that, like, is is that repeatable, to steal a word from my partner? And then two, second part of that is, is what's the big adjustment? I think maybe you mentioned it earlier with, with, with Todd Gurley, but – if not, maybe it's something else. What's the big adjustment for the Rams uh, this time around if, if they plan to have a, a different result? To me, it's just about running the football. It's always going to be about that. I've been a big proponent, and sometimes it's not even about yards. It's about touches because touches still tell me the clock is moving. The touches still tell me we're possessing the football. The touches still tell me that we're in control and in pace of the game. Sometimes a guy can have 10 carries for 100-plus yards, but yet – they're losing the time of possession, you know what I mean? Or it was one fit up that didn't work. And so that's what got you the yards. That's what the Rams, they have to do is run the football. That has to be their biggest adjustment because they don't want to go into a situation in which they're throwing the ball as much as they did because, let's be honest, that 49ers rush got to Jared Goff. Like that, remember, they got the in, he threw the interception, they got hit. Um, I mean, what was it? Sorry, that was the fumble. He got knocked out uh, on the fumble. I don't know if this 49 or this this Rams offensive line, and they have three new starters from the from that game alone, right? From the last time they played, the Rams have three new starters along that offensive line, and an aging Andrew Whitworth at the left tackle. That if I'm the 49ers, I should be licking my chops, knowing that I need to get back right game. So for you know, and Nick Bosa, you know, the Buckner and. Uh, Armstead, they need to get right game. Could this be that game for them to get off the football, get off the rock, and get the Rams into some more uh, you know, third and long, second and long plus? But if they get the ball running and they get that offensive line getting good push and getting Todd Gurley going, that's where the Rams have to make their hay. They have to. Because third and long, third and you – know, we saw the Cowboys. They just, just said, all right, we're going to blitz you on first and second down and stop the run and force Jared Goff to beat you. And, and, and when Jared Goff is getting rushed, trust me, it is a, a different Jared Goff. He's not the same quarterback. Oh, well, we all know that. We've seen that. And, and, you know, <laughs> and, thank, and thank, you for, thank you for answering that question because, Rashawn, he did answer your question when you were asking, is it repeatable, by saying that it's not about the 10 yards for 100 and – I mean, 10 carries for 110 yards. It's about the commitment yeah. to the run. So – not, yeah, there, there was certainly yards. a commitment that day. There, there was no but, question but, but, in the commitment. But look, 99 <laughs> yards, 99 yards on all of those carries mean that you were able to control the flow and the pace of the okay. game Correct. and do exactly. the things that you needed to do. Don't cry because you were wrong, Rashawn. Don't don't cry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> people I don't get the girl. Those are people that, that look at the – they look at the box score, man, and say, oh, man, it's like I, I look at the box score differently. When you get up to that many carries, that just tells me is that you're controlling the pace, right? 42 carries is telling me we just holding the ball and controlling it. And at, at any point during the game, did you ever feel like the 49ers were not in control? I mean, they totally were. Even if they weren't getting the, the amount of yards that they wanted, they still were in control of the game. And converting on third down, which is really where they made their, where they made their hay. Yeah, 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 they absolutely were in control, but they're but they were in control because there was that commitment. And and there are times where not necessarily Shanahan, but but other play callers, if if those are the results we're getting, if we're getting two point one per rush, we're gonna abandon ship, right? And so, uh, be, be, to your point, to both your point, the the commitment was, was sort of the reason for that. But we'll see. I mean, we'll. If that happens again on Saturday, will he be as committed? You know, coming off this tough loss, yeah, know, I, knowing that you know this, 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 is a, this is a huge, this is a huge game. You got two must-win games, really. If you want that number one seed, it'll be interesting to see. But look, 
trust me, 28-3 is always going to be in the back of uh, Kyle Shanahan's head, always. He will always remember that. That is something that will never leave him as a play caller, right? Being up in the Super Bowl 28-3 and not getting because the run started to be, you know, the, the, the Patriots started stopping the run. And so, okay, well, let's start throwing it. And what did it do? It created turnovers, and that's something he will never get back. And I think he realizes it now. Just It doesn't matter about the yards. It's just about the touches, the pace, and the flow of the game. Trust me, that 28-3, he will always remember that. <laughs> you know what? I got one last question for you. You mentioned, yeah, you mentioned the Patriots, so it made me think about uh, just the, the better teams in the league. I think they're one of them. I think everyone's selling the Patriots short. Talking about what they can't do, but, but I'm gonna keep it in the NFC mm-hmm. because we've already discussed the Rams have to win this game uh, because right. all of their dreams of the season are crushed if they don't win this game. The 49ers right. have to win this game because mm-hmm. all the goodwill that they've built up to this point, it's it's for nothing if they don't win this game. Right. So we know where these teams stand, but in the NFC right now today, who's the best team in the NFC? The best team in the NFC right now, um, I honestly, I believe it has to be the New Orleans Saints. And that's just not even going off of what I saw at Monday Night Football. Um, that, to me, is just a quarterback who had six weeks off this year. And, and uh, Drew Brees had time to kind of heal up and go through his progressions. You know, that, that arm looks real live. And this team is battle-tested, right? They, 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 they're they playing with a chip on their shoulder, right? The NFL changed the a pass interference rule that makes it reviewable because of what they went through last year. So with all of that being said, I think that they're not only the best team defensively and offensively, and then they got better ED. They went out and got George Jenkins. They claimed Jenkins. them on waivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> so they got, a, they got uh-huh. an extra corner now, right? I mean, it's just some teams have realized that we know. Like other teams may have said, no, we're we're fine. We are who we are. Mm-hmm. But yet you look at a team like the Saints and say, hey, if we can still get better, we're going to go get better. Yeah. And that's why I think that they're the favorite currently right now in the NFC. Okay. You see, they tried to get sizzle too. They tried to get sizzle too. Yeah. The Seahawks yeah. <laughs> can win and, and, and cut uh, Josh Gorgon. That's what's crazy is that the Chiefs were able to get Terrell Suggs because – they're at ten and four, so this is the, the the detriment to being eleven and three is that in the clay in the waiver wire order, the better teams have to wait. Uh-huh. Kansas City at ten and four, they got a chance to swoop up a Hall of Fame defensive end who's got some juice left for a four five game stretch. The great Kirk Morrison joining us here on the Believe in Forty ers podcast. Kirk, appreciate you taking the time, man. Hey, I appreciate y'all, man. That was fun, man. Let's do it again. Yeah, man. Yeah, good talk, bro. So, Kirk, saying the commitment to the running game for the <laughs> Niners probably still will be there come Saturday. Um, very interesting. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with him. I think it's interesting, though. I, I mean, you, you got to credit that Niners. I think credit goes all the way around, right? The Niners, the, the, you got to credit Shanahan for, you know, the commitment. But on the other hand, I mean, you, you got to give credit to Wade Phillips and that defense for what they were able to do. That was the first time we had seen that all season. And really, um, no one has really been able to to hold the Niners like that on the ground the way the, way the Rams were able to do earlier this year. Agreed, agreed. With that 2.1 yards per carry. Um, so so we'll see. I mean, what's, what's the big adjustment for you when it comes to the Rams in, in, in a sense of what they can do on, on Saturday um, that, that may make things go differently for them? Uh, well, I think the Rams are going to have a similar game plan because, it, you know what, it was it was successful. You made a team have to keep that commitment. You didn't you didn't allow them to get the big run. You didn't allow them to gas you. You didn't allow that breakaway play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you it, it was it was kind of, it was really a push. So, so that's the thing that, that, that I've been getting at is like there, that commitment was there. You were able defensively to not allow a team that really wanted to do something. And that's what Kurt was talking about. Like if you got eight men in the box and we're still going to run the ball no matter what, they really wanted to run it. But now if you're that defense, you got to win in that situation. So they won, but they were able to make enough plays in the passing game 
to to move the ball. You get you get enough short fields from your defense to get the scores that allow you to keep doing that. So you know it was that complimentary ball. So I don't see a lot of changes on either part. But what I do expect to see from the from from the uh, Niners defense, it's time for you to start setting up plays, formations, um, and breaking some of your tendencies for the playoffs. Okay. And so it, it's it's time for you to start putting a few wrinkles in to make things have to to, to make teams have to start paying attention to the what if. Uh, so, so that's that's the only thing that that we're going to see. So, some some of those basic formations where you're seeing the fullback come backside, it, then the next thing you know, you're going to see a receiver come backside. And then that same that same basic formation is going to be a tight end coming backside with the boot action from the quarterback. I think you're going to start to see some things build off of that to give teams more to think about. Other than that, I think both of these clubs are going to try to just do what they do. Rams are going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to run Gurley since they say they've been saving him, which is ridiculous. I think he's just injured. Um, he was injured coming to the league. I think it's just adding up. I think the arthritis talk is real. Um, and what what definitely makes me believe it's real, they didn't use him in the playoff run last year. Um, they're not really using him now. The only reason you don't, as, as Kirk said, the only reason you don't keep driving with that lease vehicle is if you if you know you're running out of miles. Yeah, Kurt was coming <laughs> with the with, with the analogies uh, uh, today, no doubt. But I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, if 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 he if he is running out of miles, um, you know, you might want to slow things down. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is something you and I talked about at the very very beginning of the season. How confident are you that? If this game comes down to another, you know, last-minute last drive and the Rams have the ball in their hands, how confident are you in this defense that they can come up with the stop? Because they weren't able to against the Saints, and obviously we saw what happened against the Falcons as well. How confident are you that they'll be able to do that on Saturday if it comes down to that? Uh, well, part of – Part of that is just the, the growth of the players. The, the, there are young guys still on the field that have to learn how to navigate that situation. Um, E-Man, Mosley's out there. Witherspoon's out there. That last drive, they were, played, they were playing the defense as called, and they were doing what the defense basically tells you to do. There were times where they, where they had a cover two zone on, and these guys are responsible for the flat. Well, you're covering these instead of covering the man zone coverage in the NFL means you man the guy within your zone. Once everything disappears, now that becomes your guy they, as opposed to covering grass. And they were covering grass, allowing, you know, leak yardage that eventually hurt them. So there are just things like these, these guys got to grow from. Uh, you don't have all your players. How confident am I that they will make that stop? Uh, they had an opportunity to make it, make it this time. So I think they they can make it. Uh, I'm not shocked if they don't. I think they can. I have confidence that they can make that play uh, because they were in position to make the play this time. This, you know, in in the in the, in the uh, Falcons game, they were in position to make it even from that. So what I've seen from this defense, what I've seen from this offense, is week to week they've grown, they've learned, they've made steps, and they fixed the things that they had done incorrectly before. You know, I, I say all the time, repeatable. What they do is repeatable. That's what sports is about. It's about consistency. Um, and, the, and the reason they've been consistent on both sides of the ball is that they go back to the lab and they fix the things that they did incorrectly. And that becomes easier and easier as they get healthier. That's the most important thing for this club. That's, that's what, that's what I learned from the Falcons game. I, I mean, Where's your confidence level with it? I'm pretty confident. I was confident. Uh, I, I was confident against the Saints. I was also confident against uh, the Falcons as well. Um, and so it, it just it just didn't work out. Um, Jimmy Ward, him going low, right? If if he goes higher, then that's probably not a touchdown, right? Um, 
And, you know, I mean, you, you got to give props to guys like Mike Thomas and Julio Jones. I mean, these are two of the best wide receivers in the league. So they're going to make oh, yeah. plays, you know? Yeah, they, they, they um, guys are going to make plays. And that's what happened. Julio, Julio Jones made a play. We got some tweets come in. Um, this one from Steve. Right now, obviously, Niners in that fifth spot after that loss to the Falcons. Uh-huh. So going into Saturday, they'll be in the fifth spot. Um, any concern? I mean, we've talked. I think we've talked about this before, but uh, just to answer Steve's question, any any concern if you have to travel to Dallas or Philly for a playoff game? Um, any concern? I mean, there's always concern when you have to go on the road. My my biggest concern is going to be the health of the team. Uh, you, you know, I, I'll say this: this club can this club can play with anyone on both sides of the ball if they have all of their X's and O's available. So, so that's that's the biggest concern. If I had to pick one or the other, I'd say I'd go to Philly over Dallas. Really? Uh, yes, yes. Um, number uh, because you have you have a quarterback. Everything in both of these teams are average ball clubs. But if, but you say you say pick one. Um, if you get things going in that run game, in that screen game. Uh, that's a more difficult thing, time possession-wise, everything, what Dallas does if they happen to get it going. You're also in a dome. The noise, uh, uh, the whole the whole factor, there are, there are a lot of things. You get 100,000 people, which that building can hold, making noise. That's a difficult day for your offense. The, the, way, the, the, the only way Dallas is going to beat this team is to control the clock, get Zeke going um, in the screen game, in in the run game uh and and shorten the game that way that's something that that you can do against this Niners team you also have a quarterback that's been there as much as people you know as much maligned as Dak Prescott is he's the only one in that division he beat Russell last year in the playoffs yes yes he he he's won a playoff game he'll be prepared it's not he's not going to freak out especially at home um, I, I, you know, Wentz, I, 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 Wentz is a talented guy. Wentz hasn't shown that he can do it in the big time moments. He's never been in those moments. He's never had an opportunity to do it. He's, he's not going to know. So that's why I would go. I, I would personally say Philly over Dallas, uh, both, both of these clubs, it, it, you know, it's a playoff it's one and done. So it's about being prepared that day. The Niners are better than both of them. If they have all of their people in place. But that, that's the way I look at it. So, you know, to answer to answer the question from Twitter. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Niners, of course, still control their own destiny. So that yeah. that's the that's the big picture right there. You want to talk big picture? Niners still, of course, control their own destiny. But, you know, you, you got to win. That part of controlling your own destiny, you got to win. So they went out. They get the number one seed. Your boy, your boy will be in the building, E.D., there it is. I'm joining the faithful, right? So we there, there it is. We gotta get like this thing it. back on the right track. I like it. This Saturday, that'd be five o'clock uh lo- local local time. I think I'm gonna wait till the NFC championship game to, sh- to let it be my first one. Yeah, well I'm I'm sure you got a lot of juice and a lot of plugs to be able to wait. Uh, I, don't, that, that. I don't know I don't know about <laughs> that, but I don't know about that. But I I know a guy. <laughs> I think you know a lot of guys up there. So, it'll be the Rams and the Niners inside the field of jeans coming up on Saturday, 5 o'clock kickoff. And that one is going to be on NFL Network, exclusively on NFL Network. So, uh, hopefully you got that and can watch. If not, maybe get out somewhere uh, and and support the Niners uh, as one of the faithful. So, big game. Big game here. You know, you win, you continue to control your own destiny. If not, then... Uh, you know, you, you may you may be forced to. Uh, it's not it's not in your hands anymore. You, you got to hope the Seahawks lose, and then you know have to try to handle your business the following week. So we shall see. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This has been the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. We will see y'all next week. Peace. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday. This year, why?
Why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com? Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business, too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.